Well, the worship leader already preached what I said last night and today. Love, love how God does that. And uh, I kept getting woken up all night last night on your behalf. I'd wake up, think, oh, I gotta go to sleep. Wake up, write some more on my computer, go to sleep. Wake up, write some more on my computer. And then on the way to church with Deanna and her daughters, God just downloaded like, it's the whole thing, is, it's not the whole thing has changed, but he just spoke exactly what I need to share with you this morning. And the funnest part is, so thank you, it was awesome. The funnest part is that um, our hearts love story, and I'm all about the heart. And I just get to share a bunch of story with you this morning of my own life and, and what God's done um, in the process as he's grown me up in him. And that's still happening. Let's see here. Hmm, something in the way here. Um, can, I, can you bring me my glasses that are in my purse? But I'll, as she's doing that, <laughs> a woman's purse. <laughs> That's a deep well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sometimes I lose my cursor and I can't, yeah, here it goes. Okay, it's trying to join your Wi-Fi, which I don't need. Um, you guys are in a huge transition. And that wasn't happening when Marg, you know, invited me to come and speak. And um, I honor the transition that you're in. And you know, a transition is a really vulnerable time. In a, in a marathon race, the most vulnerable time is when, a, when the baton is passed to the next runner. That, that wins or loses the race. And so I honor the vulnerable position that you are in. But I heard the Lord say, you are not sheep without a shepherd. You are not sheep without a shepherd. The shepherd is Jesus. And just what I felt in the room as we worship together, you guys know him. And there's, when, we're, when we're in a transition, God often does this, and I believe... I'm sure this isn't news to anybody. The whole world is in a huge transition. The whole church is in a huge transition. And what God often um, does in that time is he goes back to basics, back to basics, foundation. Like, what do we believe? What do we know? Because he builds on the firm foundation. And that's already been established. It's Jesus Christ, and we build on him. And so there's two words that God gave me for you. And that's last night I talked on one and today I'm going to talk on the other. They are surrender and unity. And last night I shared about the beauty of surrender and it was all about surrendering to the Spirit of God. And today I'm going to talk about the power of unity. And one of the scriptures I shared last night was Matthew 6, how the message unfolds it and the main word was relax. Because to surrender, we need to relax. And in Matthew 6 in the message, relax and respond are the two main words. Relax and respond. Because God initiates. It's not all up to us. And so as we surrender, as we relax and respond to what God's doing, we're led forward on the right pathway. 
So that was all about surrender. And then the next words out of his mouth is we will take, God says, we will take care of it together. We will take care of it together. We will take care of it together. And that's the power of unity. Surrendering to him in unity is the place of power where God will lead. And I brought a word picture. This is actually an early story from my life because, you know, God calls us from the time he puts us in our mother's womb and we, we start acting that out as little kids. You see in the kids up here, it's like they are who they are and God knows who they are and they're becoming it and we're, our job is to help them become that. Well, the call of God on my life that I'm now walking out was in me when I was a little girl and one day when I was four years old, after dinner on Sunday, I got out a TV tray and I stood in the dining room and I preached to my family about pickles. <laughs> and that's one of the stories my family tells about me and laughs. And then one day God told me why I preached about pickles. So I brought a word picture from my four-year-old self because it's very meaningful to me. We've got a cucumber and we've got pickles. What's the difference? One cucumber submerged in the juice, in the anointing, in the atmosphere, in the presence of Holy Spirit, still individual pickles, but all together in one place with the same taste and the same sound and the same substance. That's what God's doing. The power of surrender and the, the, the beauty of surrender and the power of unity. So we'll, we will take care of it together. And then come to me was spoken. Do you know that the word comfort, Holy Spirit comforter, means together strong? Comfortis are the two words that make up the word comfort. So what happens when we're whiffed by the Holy Spirit is we're strengthened. We're no longer alone. Together, together strong. That's comfort. And we need comfort in a time of unknown transition like you're in. And then he spoke, we speak the language of Jesus and that language is universal. That is what I'm talking about this morning. You'll see how fitting that is. The language is universal. And so it's Christ in me and Christ in you and Christ in us all together. So God's brought me right now and Christ in me is a certain substance because I've walked with him and loved him since I was four. And he's developed and grown me into the current like 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever it is, Janet, that I am now, and that's what he's doing in all of us. And so I'm sharing Christ in me. But as I pour that out, it's the one spirit. It's the one baptism. And the amazing thing about the voice of the Holy Spirit is that when it's spoken, everyone hears it in their own language, right? That's what happened at Pentecost. It was a miracle in the speaking because the Holy Spirit was flowing through, but it was also a miracle in the hearing, and that's what God does. It's a universal language. And so I'm expecting you to hear Holy Spirit, not me. I mean, you'll hear, you'll hear Holy Spirit pouring through me, but you will hear 
in your language. And the Holy Spirit is so good at that because he knows the deep things of God, right? And he knows the deep things within each one of us. And so he's always interceding, connecting those two together. He's the perfect interpreter between our cries and groans and the things that have words and the things that don't, that are still in us, that we don't know how to put into words. And he knows the Father's will, all the deep things of the Father. And so he's always connecting the two as he intercedes for us. And so that happens right here, right now in this atmosphere. As he flows through me and what he, I've prepared you know, in his presence, as best I know how to trust and obey and to bring what he has for you, he will speak in your speak, in your language, because it's a universal language. And that is the power of unity. When we're surrendered together, and the more you surrender and I surrender and you surrender, we become more and more powerful because the unity is not of this world. The unity is the supernatural kingdom of heaven, the atmosphere of Zion. It's what we're meant to live in. It's what we're meant to stay in. It's what we're meant to breathe in. You are the air I breathe. We can't live without the Holy Spirit, much less reign in, in, in power, in victory over the circumstances in our lives. And so come, Holy Spirit. Do what you want to do. Move in this atmosphere. Fill this atmosphere with your presence, with the presence of heaven. John the Baptist said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and in, on Pentecost, it came. In the old Jerusalem, they were gathered together in one place all together. And, and scripture speaks of the new Jerusalem from above that we are born into called the city of Zion. And think about what happened, the stories you know about Pentecost. There was fire, there was wind, there was sound. It shook the buildings and everyone was aware like something big is happening. But what was happening in the spirit is that the new Jerusalem... The bridal city of heaven was coming into the old. And the supernatural, the atmosphere of heaven, the city of Zion, was birthed in a day in the old Jerusalem. And it is the place that we breathe and live and manifest from. We're born in Zion, right? We're born in Zion. God says, um, Psalm 87, this one and that one were born in Zion. And then we're meant to not only live in it, but become it. We're told in scripture, you and me are living stones that are built into the, this city. And then we're inviting the nations. We're inviting the world. We're inviting the people because we're all hungry. For, for our life source, we're inviting them into this atmosphere that we know, the atmosphere that we're being soaked in and saturated in, that we're learning to trust, that we're surrendering to. That's the power of unity, and that's what God does in the earth. And from the beginning, remember the second verse of the Bible, the Holy Spirit is moving, and those words mean hovering, brooding, shaking, vibrating, from the beginning, because the Holy Spirit always prepares the atmosphere for the word of God to be spoken. 
And the Holy Spirit continues to do that. He's hovering, brooding, shaking, vibrating over the atmosphere of you, over the inner atmosphere, over the atmosphere of your home, over the atmosphere of your city, over this atmosphere of this church. Preparing, preparing, always preparing for the word of God to be effective. And the next thing after we hear the Holy Spirit was moving, hovering, brooding, shaking, vibrating, preparing the atmosphere that was actually dark and void and nothing. Um, this is the way the, the, the Passion Translation says it. God spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Woo! Woo! So that's what the Holy Spirit does constantly. Remember when Jesus said to his disciples, there is so much more I want to say to you, but you can't bear it. You're not ready to hear it. But I'm going to send you my spirit of truth who will get you ready continually and then speak to you the whole full truth as you're ready to handle it. So the Holy Spirit gets us ready and God speaks and it's effective. The Holy Spirit gets us ready some more and God speaks and it's effective. And that's how we grow up. That's how we become more and more Christ in me, the hope of glory. And it's a universal language, but it's individually spoken. We hear it in our own personality with our own filter. And that's how God works together with his spirit. We speak the language of Jesus and we grow up into him. So Holy Spirit, speak. Speak. <clears throat> the last prayer partnered with the Holy Spirit that Jesus prayed in John 17 was Father. And remember, this was in perfect alignment with the Father's will because that's how Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father work. He said, let them be one and unified as we are one. That's a powerful prayer. And Jesus' prayers are going to be answered. So that's what it's all about. Surrendering to the presence of God, the voice of God, being prepared by the Holy Spirit continually. More of me and more of me and more of me aligned with God's will. Trusting, it takes trust. Surrender and trust are big bedfellows. And then, and then walking it out and obeying. One of the things that God has taught me in my life it's going to sound weird, but to trust stupidly. Because I used to be so worried about missing the will of God and not getting it right. Because I was, I was raised in a Christian home and, and I have lovely parents and they were really quite good parents. Nobody's perfect. We all have to forgive our parents. Side note, every one of us, because there's no perfect parents and they're so influential in our life. Some of us might have the most imperfect parents in the universe. Some of us might think we have the most perfect parents in the universe. Doesn't matter. They weren't perfect and we'll have to forgive them. And if they were perfect, we wouldn't need the perfect parent that we have. Where was I going? Trust stupidly. Trust stupidly. Thank you. I used to be so worried about getting it right. And finally, God said to me one day, I want you to always remember that it's only faith that pleases me. It doesn't please me when you get it right. I'm not like up here, you know, anxious about you getting it right and taking the right next step. So trust me stupidly. And what that looks like is, I think this is what you're saying, God. 
<clears throat> God's working on something new in me. <laughs> we were praying into it last night. Woo, I'm preaching to myself. I think this is what you're saying, God. I'm going to trust you and lean into it. And you know what? When we trust him that way, he is so pleased with us that he makes it look right. He makes it work out good. He, he, he can use all the ingredients of our life, but just we have to lean in and trust him. And then there's a scripture that says, we'll hear a voice behind us saying, no, that's not the way, walk this way. So he goes before us, he goes behind us, and we can't lose. So it's trust and obey, trust and obey, trust and obey. Trust stupidly is the way he had to speak in Janet's speak, because I didn't get it until he spoke that to me. Like, trust me. Whew, I hear you, Lord. Okay. So the power of unity, I want to go to the first place that unity was dealt with in the Bible, and it's in Genesis 11. Remember the story of the Tower of Babel? The Lord came down to see the city. Now remember we're talking about a city God is building in the earth. Well, the people decided they were going to do it their way, right? And build their own city. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And this is what the Lord said. Behold, they are one people and they all have the same language. And this and, there is, and, and this is what they've begun to do. And here's the key, the power of unity. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Whoa. With a universal language, they were building the wrong city. It wasn't God's will. And so what did God do? He came and he separated their language. So they didn't have a universal language anymore. And they blah, 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 blah. They couldn't understand each other. So it's called the Tower of Babel. Babel, I grew up hearing, but Babel, same word, Tower of Babel, blah, blah, blah. And so they were divided. And it was a God thing. So when did God re-do that? At Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came down and the city that was built on foundations that Abraham was waiting for, that has firm foundations and is the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, the place that's safe, that's good, where we hear God and we act together. When he did that, guess what he gave? A universal language. A language that the natural man cannot understand, but a language that is powerful, is supernatural, and is the language of the Spirit. And that's why we've been given it, guys. And you know what? Hasn't the devil come against that? Hasn't every person in this room been part of either in your own life or in lives of those you know, or maybe still, like the controversies about the first and second baptism, like what is that? Like baptized in fire of Holy Spirit, like tongues, am I supposed to speak in tongues? Well, I think that's just for some people and it's not for me and all kinds of stuff. Why has the enemy worked so hard to come against that? Because of what I just said. It's the language of heaven. It's the language of angels, not only but it's the language of the Spirit of God. 
You mean I can speak in that language? I didn't grow up knowing that, guys, and here's my story. I grew up in a church where I met Jesus and I loved him, but it was more Father, Son, and Holy Bible than Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We really never talked about the Holy Spirit, and that's pretty common in traditional Christianity, especially in Western Christianity. And many of us grew up in that and were on that journey somewhere. But this is how it happened to me. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Interesting. I, I bind any assignment to cause me to forget, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for where you want to take us. Yeah, okay. I don't know if you've heard this, but if we have just the word and no spirit, we can dry up. If we have just the spirit and no word, we can blow up. But if we have a good deal of both, we can grow up. Because it's the spirit and the word, the word and the spirit. They go together. They're never supposed to be apart. In fact, the Holy Spirit, the Word, is the sword of the Holy Spirit, not mine, not yours. So when I read that Word, I have to surrender to the author. I have to surrender to the one who inspired it. And you know what? The more I do, the more revelation flows. It's like, oh, I, oh, I never thought of that. Wow. I will often, when I'm in my quiet time, I'll say out loud, wow and i know god loves that and often i'll be reading along and suddenly you probably experience this too i get kind of this tap on my shoulder like go there there's a secret right there and i grew up on a dairy farm in linden washington and there was a creek that i loved to spend time in the woods fishing and for me that was like this treasure hunt my dad loved fishing and i loved sharing that love with him and he taught me how to, how to worm my hook, and he taught me how to watch for, you know, I could really pick out the best spots where fish would be hiding under the foam. And I didn't know I was prophetic back then, but I was actually using my prophetic gifts and practicing, like, where would the fish be? And I would always catch more than anybody else. And so that was part of how I learned to find the hidden treasure. And that's become a journey for me of finding the hidden treasure in the word of God. Have you heard that there's 72 layers to every Hebrew word in the Hebrew language? We're never going to know it all, you guys. So relax, right? None of us are going to have the final, you know, it's the Holy Spirit as we surrender. He'll teach us more and more and more. And then there's this synergy that starts to come together. And we're like, oh my, oh, 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 oh my goodness. That's the way. And, and that's how he leads us. So I said that I grew up basically without the Holy Spirit. And when I was um, about 18, I went to, what was his name? Kind of a famous word faith guy that, that did lots of Holy Spirit stuff. And I went to this meeting. It was in Bellingham at Western Washington University, no less, in Carver Gym, which is a miracle in itself. And, um, I, and I, was, I was engaged at the time, um, soon to be married, and, and he went with me, and here we were, and weird stuff was happening, like this, he would call people up and, you know, push them down on the floor, and I was like, why is this guy pushing people down on the floor? Like, that's kind of weird, and, and, and then at the end, he simply said, 
if you want more of Jesus, raise your hand. That was a little tricky because more of Jesus, I knew Jesus, I wanted more of Jesus. I raised my hand and I kind of peeked and my fiance raised his hand too. So he said, okay, everyone that raised your hand, go, go in this side room. And we were packed like sardines in this little side room. And they first asked, you know, who, who's saved? They did the one-two baptism thing, and I'd never been around that. They said, who's saved? Uh, and who, I mean, who's not saved? Can we pray for you? So a whole bunch of people came to salvation and prayed, you know, came from darkness into light. Then he said, there's another measure. And I'm like listening really careful with all the things that I'd heard and not heard and the arguments and the controversies. And these two guys were talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I was kind of curious about that. And my heart was open. I was always hungry, but I had a lot of blocks in the way from things that I'd heard and not heard. And they talked about practicing, you know, getting, and, and they said, it, you have to surrender to it, and it, it will, it will, you'll, you'll feel something, you'll start to flow, and you just have to kind of practice, you know, and, and let, let your, your mouth go, and it's going to sound like babble to you. But that's the way it starts. And then they said, um, and then you have to practice. And I thought, practice? That doesn't sound biblical, you know. And I'm listening to them. But they come around the room, and they lay hands on us all, and they pray for us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They said, just start practicing, you know, just, so I'm, blah, 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 you know. And, and then they come around, they, that's it, that's it, you got it, you got it. And even my fiance was going, blah, 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 and, you know, they said, you've got it, you've got it. I thought, I do? So for years after that, I didn't know if I had the real thing or if it was just a stupid, silly, meaningless, babble thing. I didn't know. And because I didn't want to be, you know, not right, I didn't want to be in disobedience to Jesus whom I loved, I thought, I don't know. I had no teaching. I had no understanding. I didn't know what to do with it, so I put it on the shelf. Every once in a while I'd think, did I get the real thing, God, or not? Or... And so um, lots of things happened in my life. After 10 years, my marriage blew up. My husband went to be with somebody else, and I ended up a single mom to raise three boys, and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I think my life is over, because it was as I knew it, and I needed to go to a counselor. I'd basically been raised, don't go to counselors. If you know Jesus, you have everything you need, and you shouldn't need that kind of help. I had no idea I'd become one myself someday. So I went to this counselor, and as Jesus started to deal with me, wow, Pray for me, intercessors. Keep just hitting a, okay. So, Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing about everything that you want, Holy Spirit. Just let it flow freely. And thank you that you speak to every heart in this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So as I began to grow, as I began to become, as I got a revelation that God was interested in me being an individual creation, not just a cookie-cutter Christian who obeyed all the rules, that was a huge revelation to me. There was a day that I was journaling. Oh, that's not the story. This is it. 
one summer, all summer long, I journaled and journaled and journaled. I'm a writer. I have a whole big trunk full of my journals, one of those humpback ones, huge, full of my journals. I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and expressed and cried and prayed as God was basically taking me from a million pieces because my life had hit a wall going 100 miles an hour and he was, you know, rebuilding me as a new vessel. You know, when the, when the potter goes with the clay and then starts to rebuild, he was building me into Janet 2.0 or maybe 1.0 at that time. But the whole summer, this voice kept coming up in me and I didn't understand but I kept saying, I kept saying to the Lord, and I would journal it, I'm so tired of words. I'm so tired of words. I think, what, what, what am I saying? I'm so tired of words. It's like I'd come to the end, and I've got a lot of words. I'd come to the end of expressing everything that I could in the natural. And, and what I was saying was, I'm so tired of everything that's in me having to go up through my mind and be translated into English language. I'm so tired of it. There's something that needs to burst forth and I can't do it with English. And one day I thought, oh my gosh, maybe that's what tongues is for. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if that was the real thing. I'm still wondering that. It was on the shelf right there. And I thought, well, what have I got to lose? I'm going to try it. I'm going to see so I took it off the shelf, and lo and behold, I'd gotten this one little sentence when that little babble thing happened in that room. And you know what? I tried it, and I recognized the same little sentence came out. I thought, that's interesting. And as it came out, I was repeating it, repeating it. I kind of knew what I was saying to the Lord. And I thought, is that the interpretation of tongues? And so I practiced they said, practice. I thought that was wrong. Now I'm practicing. And I tried it, and I slowed it down, and I speeded it up, and I listened to what was coming out of my mouth. And you know what I found? I was saying one sentence over and over and over, and at the end of it, I was saying every time, dad, 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 dad. And I recognized the deepest cry of my heart when I was a little baby, saying, dad, 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 my daddy, my protector, my, my provider, my safe place. And I was saying it to Father God from my spirit. It was my first sentence. It's like when a baby learns to talk, when we get the gift of spirit language, it's the same thing. We learn a new language. It's our heavenly language partnered with the spirit of God. And so I would say, blah, 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 dad, 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 dad. I would say it over and over, my cry for Father God. Daddy, 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 daddy. That's what was coming from my spirit. And it started to release me. I didn't feel locked into English language anymore. And it was, a, it was a new beginning. And then I went to Kelowna. Kelowna is my spiritual birthplace, you guys. I love Kelowna. And... Um, I went to this wild conference and God just wrecked me. And during the middle of it, I was with a whole van of women and they invited us to fast a night of sleep and just do a night of worship. And I was the only one that was hungry enough at that point to do it. So I, I, I didn't sleep and I worshiped all night. And during the middle of that worship time, I experienced dancing with Jesus 
And as I was dancing with him, a new tongue broke out. And it was like, it was like really intimate and romantic. I could feel it. I was like, now I had transitioned as I practiced this little dad, 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 dad. I mean, that wasn't dumb. That was really good. In fact, remind me I'm going to the dance part because I'm going to take a little exit here. I don't know if you've heard some of these stories. You know Pastor Ted Hansen. Actually, his story of coming into being baptized in the Holy Spirit was he and a friend went because there were some pretty girls to a Holy Spirit meeting and they went to mock God. And they ended up saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And one of them got one word, their language was ska, and the other one got raw. They were the ska, raw, ska, raw, ska, raw. That's how their tongue started. I don't know if you know who Todd Bentley is, um, but he, his, his ministry and call was about dunamis power. Well, when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, he got one stupid word. And he didn't know what it meant. It was really silly, but he dared just practice, and he did it, and he did it, and did it. And then he was someplace in the world, and somebody said, do you know what that word means in our language? He said, no, no idea. They said it means power. God knows who we are. He knows what we're called to. I am called to intimacy. That's a substance of my life. When I share the substance of me, you become more intimate with yourself, with God, and with your design. That's how God uses me. So I went from dad, dad, dad to, to this romantic tongue with Jesus. And if I remember it right, some months later, <clears throat> I was interceding for someone who was doing a lot of spiritual warfare in a counseling setting. And all of a sudden, this Asian warrior tongue comes out of me like, I, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it unless the Holy Spirit's doing it. But that came out of me. And it, so I grew some more. The Holy Spirit was growing me up and I was learning a language and it was becoming more expanded this universal language, but through my life specifically. And then there came a day where there were some, we had a conference at our church in Bellingham and there were some people from Bulgaria there. And there was this couple that wanted prayer and um, I was praying for them. And, and, and one of the neat things about the Holy Spirit language, you probably know this, um, is that it's like a door opener. Like when I want to prophesy over somebody, I usually just, you know, get going with praying in tongues and then the Holy Spirit starts to speak in, 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 in language, in, in English. But all I could do that day was pray in tongues. Nothing else came. So I just prayed in tongues for however long I needed to pray in tongues. And when I was done, their pastor had been standing off not too far away. <clears throat> and they were nodding and smiling as I prayed in tongues over them. And their pastor came up to me right after and he said, do you speak Bulgarian? I said, no. And he said, you just prayed in Bulgarian over them as clear as a bell, and God spoke to them the absolute answers that they needed to the questions that they're trying to figure out, and it was about a huge move in their life, a big transition. Wow. Holy Spirit, speaking through us in other languages. Now I'm going to tell you the, to date, the weirdest experience I've ever had. 
Uh, we called it the incident, ever, <laughs> ever after. There were 15 years that I taught what was called Awaken Arise conferences. That's where I met Marg and Dan. And they were inner healing conferences. There was a big team that were the intercessors. And, and it, it came out of a question from my heart. God, one-on-one -on -one with clients is great, but how can you change lives like more than one, one at a time? Like, can you do it in a group? And then he led into Awaken Arise ministry that really brought transformation to a whole group of people at, at one time. And um, this one, and I always gave God permission to change up the, the order, the, you know, it, we had a certain order we usually did things in, but it was always like, Holy Spirit, you can do what you want. Well, this one particular time, I didn't know what the Lord wanted to do, but I knew that I knew that I had to close my manual. And it's really pretty freaky when you're standing in front of a group of people and you're, you're the speaker and you don't have a clue what God wants to do, but you know you just came against a, can't go any further. So I called a break and me and my intercessory team went in a side room and I said, you guys, I was scared. I was nervous. I said, I don't know what to do. I know God wants to do something, but I don't have a clue what he wants to do. Please help me. Help me, God. Help me, team. So we started praying. And out of that prayer time, this is what happened. All of a sudden, I started to laugh. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then I would laugh and laugh. And I said to the team, this is what God wants me to do. And I've never heard anything like this. And I'm really freaking out. But he wants me to teach in tongues. And they were like, yep, that's the word of the Lord. <clears throat> that's what you got to do. So I went back in the room. I said, guys, I apologize ahead of time. This is really something I've never done. I've never even heard of this, but this is what the Lord's asking you to do. And let's just see what happens. For one hour, I taught in tongues. And let me tell you what happened in that room. <clears throat> we lost one person. He was a dentist. <clears throat> he was real um, cerebral. And he was like, this chick, I'm like, I am leaving. And I was so mad at God because we lost one person. That was some of the fear of man in me. But what happened in that room is that everybody had a uniquely, deeply, very personal experience. There were people in the room who heard every word I said in complete English. There was a man in the back of the room who I knew I was in relationship with, and he came up to me afterwards. He shook my hand and he said, hello, I'm Tom, and you've never met me before because he had multiple personalities. And as I had taught in tongues for one hour, what had happened to him is that the Lord had brought him together. And he was a version of himself he had never been. There was another woman, young woman, who was in the front row, and she was sitting under the table for part of the time that I was teaching in tongues. And she came up afterwards and she said, this is what happened to me. God transported me, and I was in India feeding a long line of starving people. And I saw her doing something under the table. That's what happened to her. 
I had no idea. I was, I was, I would actually, I'm sorry to say this, I was mad at God afterwards because we lost that one person. It was so weird. Like it, it was, it was really scary for me to be that off the wall, you know, trusting Holy Spirit. But that's what God did in the room. Those are just a few of the testimonies of what he did in the room. And so this is where we're at. Since Pentecost, let's see, there's a scripture I want right here. Where is it? Here we go. Revelations 21, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, all arrayed like a bride, beautified and adorned for her husband. Then I heard a mighty voice from the throne and I perceived its distinct words saying, See, the abode of God is with men and he will live in camp and tent among them and they shall be his people and God shall personally be with them and be their God. So when we surrender to the Holy Spirit the first time, when we transition from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, we are born in Zion, whether we know it or not. The Lord, I guess because he knew I was going to teach on this someday, actually let me have an experience during worship one time where I, I was walking into this city through the gates and I was in awe. And it was snowing and it felt completely magical and wonderful. And I was like, where is this? And then he began to teach me about the city of Zion, the atmosphere that we were made to live in, breathe in. Remember when Paul said, when he was, he was troubled about the thorn in his flesh and he asked God three times, please take it away. And then God said, my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. In the, in the Greek, it actually means grace pitches a tent over you and rests upon you. And other scriptures say the place where the spirit rests is glorious. We are being, when we're in the atmosphere of Zion, the more we soak in it, the more we're surrendered to it, the more we experience it, the more we become who we're made to be. And then just by being that, we invite other people into it, like Song of Songs. First, she thought she was swarthy and ugly and unlovely, and she wanted to know this shepherd guy that other people loved, and then she found out she was lovely, and she became transformed, and other people around her was, were like, who is this guy you're in love with? Like, what's happened to you? Can we know him too? And at the end of the story, the bride and Jesus are crying out with the Holy Spirit, come, come Lord Jesus, come. And all who are thirsty, all the nations will run into this atmosphere of beauty, of God's ways, of his words, filled to overflowing with his spirit, And the Lord came down to see the city. 
the city of Zion, the city of the New Jerusalem. Behold, they are one people, and they have a universal, same language. It's the language of heaven, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. That is the power of unity. And I want to end with two stories. One is in a book called Dreaming with God by Bill Johnson. If you've ever read it, it's a fantastic book. And he tells a story about a group of homeless people in California who had no money, no plan, no business, and no life, basically. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the only business plan they had, the only life skill they had, was to pray in tongues for like a couple hours a day. That's all they knew how to do, so they did. And they became a group of, of entrepreneurs who developed new inventions. They learned to dream with God as the Holy Spirit poured through them. They have patents. They became this amazing thing that they were not before they had the Spirit of God and the language of heaven. And now the amazing thing is a story I want to end on as we were driving. Deanna and her daughters and me were talking about, you know, what I was going to talk about this morning. And Deanna said, yeah, I don't know if, you did, I don't know if you've ever heard this story. And, and she started into it. I said, no, I haven't. And then she finishes the story. And I looked at her and I said, that's my end today, that story. Wow. So here's the story. It's actually written in a book called Chasing the Dragon. And it's about a missionary's experience who went to China and was trying to do the will of God, but there was no fruit. She was completely frustrated and nothing was happening, though she was trying to do the will of God the best that she could. And then some other people came <clears throat> and they asked her if she'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she said, no, basically, what is that? And they prayed for her, and she began to speak in tongues. And, and the other things that Scripture says is prophesying and magnifying God. Those are just three of the basic things that, that happen to us. And they're all supernatural. We're seeing God as bigger than we ever knew him before. We're, we're prophesying over somebody about their life, and how would we know that? And actually, the, the hardest member of our body to tame has come under the control of the Holy Spirit. And we're told if that member gets tamed, then the whole body is, we're, we're good. So that's part of what happens. So this woman learned to pray in the universal language of the Spirit and, and they challenged her. And this is how I'm gonna end today. We're gonna pray to, to, to uh, you know, get more, more of Jesus, more of Holy Spirit. But they challenged her to pray in her spirit language, 10 minutes a day, minimum. And that little commitment that she made completely changed her ministry, where she would go out and make the divine connections that she needed, the resources that, and she began to, to just bear fruit that was amazing where there had been nothing before. So the beauty of surrender the power of unity. We speak Jesus. It's the language of heaven. 
a universal language that is silly to the world, but God uses the foolish things in the natural to confound the wise. How could this lady praying in the spirit 10 minutes a day completely rock her mission assignment? God, that's all there is to it. And so I'm going to invite you to say a bigger yes than whatever yes you've said before. God is safe to surrender to. He will meet you where you are. And he, will, he wants more than you do to anoint you. What does Christ in you look like? Wow. What does Christ in you look like? That's what we're meant to manifest. And as we do that more and more, we're no longer this. I mean, I like cucumbers. There's nothing wrong with them. But we become this, individual, but soaked in the same anointing. And we become unstoppable because we're moving with the Spirit of God who is the power of God. There's nothing more powerful in heaven and on earth. It's what we're meant to walk in. And so stand up. <clears throat> I'm going to pray <coughs> Excuse me, for the Holy Spirit just to come and to flow. And I'm going to take a drink. <clears throat> and then I'm going to leave you with the challenge to pray in tongues for 10 minutes every day for the next 30 days and see what happens in your life and in this body. That's your challenge. And it's not from, it's through me, but it's from the Lord. I got that in the middle of the night about 3.33. Okay? And then Deanna told me the same story. You can't make this stuff up. It's so God. So, some of you have a fluent tongue. Some of you have a baby word. Not silly. Powerful. It's the gateway. Some of you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit in that way. And some of you might be scared and... You know, like fear of man's there and controversies there and theologically, you know, things are there. But I would invite you to say your biggest yes to God. Because if it's his will, it'll be really good for you. And he'll take care of it. Just like, a, I, I wish I knew your name. What? Troy. Troy. Just like Troy was saying, he'll take care of it. He's got it. He's got this. He's got all the details. Ha, we were praying the night before I preached. Who, who, I can't even remember who it was. Was Deanna? No, I don't know. Somebody saw, saw God like a little genius figuring it out with a cal calculator. Like, yeah, it was Deanna. He's got it. He's, he's got all the details. I know people that God speaks to in cartoons because they got saved in cartoons when they were little, when they, this one woman was a little girl. So God will do anything to speak our language. It's beautiful. And then he speaks it through us to others. So Holy Spirit, I thank you. I want to thank you personally so much for taking me out of um, not knowing you at all into a journey that was right for me. I thank you that you met me over and over and over. And I thank you for the beautiful pathway of surrender that the more we surrender to you, the more we become who we wanted to be in the first place. Because the truth is, we all want to be who we are. 
And that's not just our idea, that's God's idea. He thought you up before the foundations of the world and he never meant you to be a cookie cutter Christian. He wants you to be uniquely you because Christ in you is a particular kind of pickle. (laughs) And it's gonna be really tasty and just right and it will make sense to who you are and it will be powerful and effective in your assignment your design, your destiny, but it's not just you and God alone. It's us together growing and encouraging each other. So come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Let's say it together. Come Holy Spirit. Anoint this place. Anoint each person. Come with your fire. Come with your fire, Holy Spirit. We say yes to you. We say yes. Come again. Come again. Fill us up. Fill us up more 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 we need more of you we need so much more of you we're headed into unknown we're in transition we're vulnerable we don't know which way to go sometimes so we ask you to guide us we ask you to come now like a pillar of cloud come like a pillar of cloud that leads in the night and a pillar of of a cloud that leads in the day and thank you that you go behind us that glory is our rear guard that you go before us that you break open the way Thank you, Lord. Aha, I'm hearing the um, a nation. Can a nation be born in a day? That's about being born in Zion. And so right now, in Jesus' name, it's a time of birthing. I talked about that last night. And all of us are to be, uh, if, if there's anyone here who hasn't been born in Zion, just say to the Lord, that's me. That's me. I want to be born in Zion today. And I see a baby in the arms of the father going, wah! And that's the, that's the right tongue. That's it right there. Wah! Lord, start with us right where we are and bring more. We ask for more. We ask for more right now. And I'm going to ask you to trust and to lean in right now and to, to loose your tongue. Let your tongue be tamed by the Holy Spirit and just blah, 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 blah. God will come on that. Come, Holy Spirit, come. If you want hands laid on you, just come up as we're doing this. Let's hold hands and pray in unity. Come, Holy Spirit, let your anointing flow. Let it flow in the whole corporate picture here for such a time as this, but let it flow so beautifully, so individually, and ignite the design of every person here. Remember Peter, foot in in the mouth Peter, and he's the guy who denied Jesus three times, and he felt so horrible because it was the most shameful moment of his life. But a short time later, when the Holy Spirit anointed him, he was like Peter on steroids. And all he did was open his mouth and he spoke the whole plan of the gospel all over scripture. I don't even know if he knew those things before he said it. And 3,000 people got saved. Talk about effective. So Lord, make us effective. Make us effective. Say your name. Make me, Janet, more effective, Lord. You know who I am. You see my unformed substance. You know how much of me has developed to this point. And you know how much more there is of me to bear fruit. And so come, Holy Spirit. Come with your fire. Come with your anointing. Come. Atmosphere of Zion. Thank you. Thank you. We breathe you in. 
We breathe you in. Does one of the worship leaders want to do, uh, uh, you are the air I breathe? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Open the ears of our spirits to hear what you are saying. I see layers, 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 closer, 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 closer. Perfect order for each one. Thank you. We honor you. We honor, honor, honor you. We honor, honor, honor you. This is the air I breathe. 